Keeping it going. We got a wardrobe change. This is like the Oscars. We got a wardrobe change now. <laughs> Rivalry Week has hit us now with the machine, Sean Levine. I'm Jim Rodriguez. BetQL Daily brought to you by BetMGM. And the day after Thanksgiving has always been a big college football uh, plate uh, with lots of rivalries to talk about. Machine, what you got going on there for the folks that are that can't see us that are hearing us on the radio, but uh, obviously you can see us on twitch.tv slash betql. What you got over there, pal? Are you talking about betwise? Are you talking about the fact that I got cold and I decided to uh, throw on my oh, sweet okay. Kansas Jayhawks hoodie? Uh, speaking of my Jayhawks hoodie in the Big 12, you got Baylor on the road at Texas today. Man, I mean, eight and a half. That's that number that we keep talking about, right? You're going to give me the touchdown, the two-point conversion, and the hook? Texas has been really up and down. They were really up a week ago. I mean, they put the beat down on my Kansas Jayhawks. I'm looking at Baylor, though, plus the points. I don't know if they can win the game outright, but I don't think they're going to lose by eight and a half. Yeah, to, to me, that, 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 that I'm staying away from that. I, I'm more going to focus in on B. John Robinson, the running back for the Texas Longhorns. You know, 243 yards against your Jayhawks. I think, uh, you know, Baylor has had trouble against the run the last few games. They've been averaging 180 yards allowed on the ground the last three games. I think uh, Bijan's going to scamper today. Uh, 56, I don't know, feels a little high to me, but I, I'll definitely love that prop. But the one that everyone's talking about, Machine, is tomorrow. Michigan, number three against Ohio State, number two in Columbus. In fact, BetMGM tells us if Michigan is the most bet team in college football this week so far, 11-0 versus 11-0, and it's the Wolverines plus seven and a half with a total of 46 in Michigan, if you're so inclined, plus 240 on the money line. Yeah, gamblers remember big wins, and I think a lot of people got paid on this game a year ago. Michigan came in as an underdog. They absolutely rolled up Ohio State by a few touchdowns, and then you look at these teams, what they've actually done their body of work this year. Both teams coming in undefeated, essentially playing the same schedule. So I think there's a lot of people out there, Jimbo, that are going, I think these teams are basically the same, which would mean Ohio State at the horseshoe. You got to give them three and a half, maybe four. Maybe that's worth five points, but seven and a half, it just looks a little bit too big. The flip side is I haven't heard a lot of people playing Michigan necessarily on the money line. It kind of feels like last night's Dallas versus Giants game where Nobody was really thinking the Giants could win the game, but ultimately taking the points ended up being the right side. That's what this one feels like. Not a lot of people thinking the Wolverines can necessarily win outright like they did a year ago, but a lot of people think they can cover that seven and a half. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's going to come down between Ohio State's offense and Michigan's defense. That's why I kind of like the under in the 56. I mean, you know, for a big 10 game, Seems kind of high. I mean, you know, I don't expect a, a, a 10 to 7 in a cloud of dust or anything like that. But 56 seems high. And again, again, we're going off what happened last year. But that Michigan defense is pretty stout. And both these teams, as you mentioned, win in very different ways. Like we've seen Michigan go out there and win games where they, you know, 13 to 10 type of games. And then there's Ohio State where C.J. Stroud is touchdown after touchdown after touchdowns. You look up, they can put up a 60, a 70 spot. That's why, to me, the number actually looks right. 
I'm more comfortable taking the seven and a half with the Wolverines than I am playing that over under at 56 because I'm not exactly sure what pace this is going to be played at. Obviously, Ohio State would like to run up and down the field. And I'll tell you what, I think that the safest you're going to feel is if you've got Ohio State laying the points and they get off to an early start because Michigan's not necessarily built to come back. Michigan's built to run the football, to possess the clock, to have the timely touchdown, good coaching, lots of talent on both sides of the ball, but not necessarily built to come back. So if you do bet Ohio State and they get off to a big lead, you should be feeling pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, tomorrow, another big game, Notre Dame-USC, another big rivalry over at the Coliseum, and it's – Notre Dame's been playing really well. I mean, they've won eight of their last nine. Yeah, I know they lost to Marshall. Yeah, I know they lost to Stanford. They beat Clemson. Um, and Caleb Williams, you know, he's, he's all but wrapped up the Heisman. He can really put the, the, the bow on it to end any discussion with a big game tomorrow. And number six, USC, trying to get into that uh, four-team playoff, laying five and a half at the Coliseum. Yeah, this is a bookmaker's dream because they're trying to get money on both sides. And obviously, people love betting Notre Dame. People love betting USC. USC has been a team that I don't want to say they came out of nowhere, but remember what they were just a year ago. You want to talk about playing the transfer portal absolutely perfect. You're talking about Lincoln Riley and what he's been able to do at USC. Notre Dame on the flip side, Jim, they did have high expectations, right? Preseason, top five team, played Ohio State pretty close out the gates, and people were thinking – all right, maybe this thing's going to work with Marcus Freeman. And it didn't, right? Right out the gates, lost his first three games. But since then, all they've done is win and win impressively. So I think that it just took Notre Dame a little bit of time. I think they're more the team that we've seen the last month than we saw the first month. And it's really tempting not to just take the points with the Irish, but maybe to play them at that plus 170 on the money line. Here's the thing, man. Yes, pressure makes diamonds. But you know what else pressure does? It hurts college athletes. We were all young at one time, and it's tough when you've got these expectations. Notre Dame, no expectations. They're completely playing with house money at this point. USC, all the expectations in the world. You're at home, you're favored, and you've still got a chance to play in the college football playoffs. So I'll be very impressed with all the weight of the shoulders that this game's going to carry for USC if they can win this game, and certainly if they can cover that five and a half. I like Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see what kind of shakeup we can get in the top six anyway, because obviously Georgia's number one. They're playing Georgia Tech. So they're, you know, they're going to be 12 and 0. They're going to stay number one. We'll see if there's any movement between Ohio State and Michigan coming out of this game. Number number four is TCU. I think they're the ones that are really keeping an eye on everything because they are uh, home against Iowa State tomorrow. In theory, they should handle that. And then comes the interesting part. Five is LSU. They're playing uh, They're playing Texas A&M. And then number six is USC um, playing Notre Dame. And then we talked about it yesterday. Then there's always the wild card, Alabama looming in the background there at number seven, playing maybe Lane Kiffin's next team, uh, Auburn, uh, in the Iron Bowl. Yeah, there's still, I would say, if you really want to stretch it, eight teams for four spots. Because I'm with you, like – If everything broke completely perfect for Alabama, then they've got a case to be made that we played an SEC schedule that we only lost on the last play of the game to two really good teams, right? Like to two teams that have been in this same conversation all year in LSU and Tennessee, respectively. LSU, to me, is the team that they're they're, they're the tricky one. 
of, of all these teams, because you got Georgia, like you said, right? Georgia, you can go ahead, get out your Sharpie, put them in, they're in. I think whoever wins Ohio State-Michigan tomorrow, same thing. I don't really care what happens in the Big Ten Championship or going forward. I think whoever wins this game tomorrow, whether it's Ohio State or Michigan, that's two. So now we've got half the field. You have to assume that TCU is probably going to beat Iowa State. Iowa State's pretty bad. And then they're going to be favored in the Big 12 Championship, whether it's Texas or K-State or ultimately whoever's on the other side. So in all likelihood, I'm looking at the numbers right now, TCU has a 67% chance to win their next two games. 70%, let's call it. That's pretty good. That gives us three teams. That gives us Georgia. That gives us the winner of Ohio State and Michigan. And then that gives us TCU, assuming that they win their next two games, which they probably will. Then we're talking about USC and LSU. That's th- that, to me, is ultimately what it's going to come down to. And yeah, Clemson and Alabama, I suppose, are still sort of in the conversation. But I think USC or LSU, ultimately, one of those two teams is fighting for that final playoff spot. Yeah, and, and USC, remember, they've got to beat Notre Dame, and then they've got to win the big the, the Pac-12 championship game, which may be Oregon, maybe Utah. Again, winnable games, but stranger things have happened. Uh, and resume-building games, J-Rod, because, I mean, think about the same sure. thing for LSU. Like, LSU has to beat A&M, and then, oh, all you have to do is beat Georgia in the championship yeah. game. And if you're able to do that, you've earned your way there. So it's, it's going to suck. For one of those two teams, if they win out, if they win their, their last regular season game, they win their conference championship game, and then the other team gets in. Because in all likelihood, I don't really see too many scenarios where both USC and LSU get in. I think ultimately one of those two teams will end up in, yeah. which leaves the other one on the outside. Yeah, and then you would think USC has an easier path only because LSU is facing the monster that is Georgia. Sure, uh, potentially. Sure in the SEC championship game. Now, that's the top part of the top 25 of the college football playoff. The bottom part looks pretty interesting in that there's a pretty damn good game today uh, as soon as we get done at noon Eastern between Tulane and Cincinnati. Tulane, 19th in the nation, Cincinnati, 24th. Cincinnati was in the college football playoff last year. They're floating around, and Tulane on the road at Cincinnati, a one-point favorite. 44 and a half. Cincinnati's won 32 consecutive home games. Um, and really, this is a fight not only to get to the AAC championship game, but even more so to get a New Year's Six Bowl, maybe a Cotton Bowl kind of game. Um, and I think Tulane's in their moment right now. I kind of like Tulane in this game. Come again? Did you say Cincinnati's won 32 straight home games? Yes, 32 in a row at Nippert Stadium. Isn't that crazy? All right, so, so that's one year, two years, three years, four. They've won every game they've played at home going on like five years, and you're going to play yep. against them? You're going to take the other team? This is where you think the road ends? Explain yourself, my friend, because to me, Cincinnati, getting a point, even money, looks like free money to me. Well, Cincinnati's on their backup quarterback, number one. We don't know if, they're, if, if their number one quarterback is going to play. He was in a walking okay. boot on the sideline last week. So right now, you got your, so right now you're at your backup quarterback. Um, 
two top 20 defenses. So that 44 and a half total is a little is a little tough right now. I, I just think Tulane's in, in, in their right state of mind right now. I think they're playing really well. They run the ball a lot. So they're going to control the clock. They're going to eat up some time. They're going to keep who's ever a quarterback isn't going to get a chance to play. They don't do a lot of big plays. They don't get plays in chunks. So that means a lot of the clock gets eaten up. And I think Tulane is... Cincinnati plays a lot of games that are really close. That's why it's plus one. But I like I like the green wave in this. Let the good times roll. Tulane, my friend. They play close games. Cincinnati does. And on top of that, their defense, wildly underrated. You're right. Tulane likes to run the ball and possess time of the uh, clock time. And then you got Cincinnati, who – Cincinnati, this defense is the ultimate bend but don't break. They'll let you in the red zone, but you're going to end up kicking a field goal or not scoring at all. So – 44 is not a big number at all. Not at all, but I still think I'm eyeing the unders in that one. I wouldn't be surprised if we look up and that's like a 19-16, 20-17 type of game. I'm playing the unders yeah. in Tulane, Cincinnati at 44. Yeah, and, and, I, and I'll tell you what. I'd love a bet in this game. I'd love that Tulane scores last. I'm not saying they're going to win the game with a game-winning field goal, but I think Tulane scoring last is a nice little bet because if they do – get a walk off you've got it there but i think i think that's the end of the road in cincinnati tonight uh, first of all that that, 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 that 32 straight that you gave me that number yeah, is just crazy. crazy and I, I look at the line and i'm like hold on one point doesn't seem right but then again in the world of college basketball there's something even weirder out there and i know you're gonna call me a homer and rock jock jayhawk and all these different things why not ku KU's won every game they've played this year, okay? I believe they're 6-0 and right now. They won six straight games in March last year and ultimately beat North Carolina in the, in the championship. So that's 12 in a row. They also won the Big 12 postseason tournament a year ago. So that was three games, and they led the three games before that. So they've won like 17, 18 games in a row. They're on a neutral court coming up against Tennessee, and KU's an underdog as of right now. They're a one-point dog for a team that's on a 17-game winning streak. So they're just some funny numbers. What are you shaking your head at? What are you shaking your head at about I, I, this one? Well, I like I, because listen, maybe it's because I live in I've lived in Miami too long, and maybe I've seen too many movies. But does somebody know something? Did somebody just break up with their girlfriend, or did somebody just flunk a test? And, and did, did somebody's parents getting a divorce? I'm not trying to make fun of it. I'm just saying, <laughs> how is that possible? That line doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Is there I a guy corner with a pencil in his ear figuring this stuff out? This is crazy. Big Twelve champions at the end of last season, right? NCAA tournament champions, I get it. You send a couple of players to the NBA, and then they've won every game this year and had a top five rating, including beating Duke on a neutral court. Empty the bank account on the Jayhawks. Woo, woo. Leave a couple of bucks in there just in case. Listen, let's yeah, take a break. A More college football. Maybe we'll sprinkle in some college basketball as well. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. You can watch us live 24-7 on the BetQL Network right here on the Odyssey app. More rivalry, more college football with the machine. I'm J-Rod, BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM.